Welcome back, Hawklings. On today's episode, we have a very good friend. Um, you may know him as Super Future, and he is joining us today to talk about some upcoming music uh, and how Super Future became the present. So, as always, I'm Tony. I got my buddy Sean here. Good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are. And then we are joined by the very talented and the very handsome Super Future. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And um, so how was your day today? I mean, I am like in album crunch time trying to finish wherever I can slide time into mix down songs. So I, my brain's been just like turned to batter by music. And uh, it's one of the most intense times for, for artists to be working on anything. You're not actually creating. You're just like finishing and listening to something until you want to like not listen to your own music anymore. But it's a beautiful day in Michigan. We got the warm weather finally. It's hitting the 80s. So I really can't complain. Life's good. It's always nice to hear. Yeah. How's your day, Sean? Um, I slept all day almost. Um, <laughs> I have wisdom teeth surgery tomorrow, but that's for another day. That's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> but no, everything's just been very rocky recently. But you should have scheduled it for tomorrow. Oh like yeah, while, while I was all loopy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do um, hawks have to go to like a special uh, bird dentist or something? I bet they do. <laughs> I'm I didn't know how much I wasn't to you. I'm trying to think of a corny dad joke to think of. <laughs> I tried to Google Hawk wisdom teeth, and then it said SoundCloud afterwards. And I don't know if I want to go any further and down this. There's hole. definitely a rapper on his way up named Wisdom his Tooth. Name Hawk Wisdom Tooth or something. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Future. So, how did we get this name? Wow, can you wait? Can you guys hear the ice cream truck rolling up by my house? No. Oh man, I was hoping that would make it. <laughs> is it the oh, ice cream truck from Fortnite? I is it playing your song. That would be tight. I hope you can drive an ice cream truck and hear Hypernatural. But it's probably gonna like if you hear the ice cream man. It's not like elevator background music in my studio. It's not some heat I'm working on. It's just the ice cream man driving in front of my house. I can is... definitely hear it. Oh wait, what are we what are we talking about? Oh, you can hear it. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah, it's coming up closer. Um, the name. So, this is gonna be great background music. <laughs> uh, the the name came kind of like 2015. I'm not gonna lie, I almost did like the whole like use your first and last name, but turn all the A's into up into V's, and like. That was when I was pretty certain I was going to make only trap music. So it was going to be Nick Roland with, like, you know, some shit, like, change like about the vowel. Like blackjack shit? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I kind of came to my senses a little bit more and started to, like, realize that there's, you know, I'll usually, like, something clever behind people's names. Actually, that's not always true. People kind of, like, come up with their names in, like, a, you know some night at a party and someone says some word and everyone that person's like oh Rekno, it would be good um for instance that's not the real story behind his name but i think my name came to me when i was taking like a personality test um the it was like for a job i was doing and i never even heard of like the top category that i got and it was called uh, a futurist that was like my number one quality out of five and Honestly, can't even remember like the other things that were on that list, but I think I'm like a ENFJ, whatever that might. I'm probably butchering that. But the future thing came from like being a futurist, and it's somebody who kind of in every conversation or like discussion that they're in always brings ideas to the forefront that would kind of be sort of poised as an outlook of like a better tomorrow. So anything that they get excited about, like like Elon Musk, for instance, I think he's one of them too. He just like, that's a good example of somebody who is always trying to just like put their brain power towards like building something crazier or not even always about the betterment of like humanity. It's, it's just like, what if this could be even better the next time we try it or build it? Like that, that's just, I sort of realized 
that's where my conversations go to because I naturally kind of bring things to what if we could do something better to help people to like better the earth. I'm kind of like a hippie softy in that way. Um, and I realized like future is a rap artist and I really can't go with that. So I love futures music and I still get DMS about people being like, stop jocking Steve's from, from future. Like, you know, I just get random DMS on, on Instagram. Be like, <laughs> you're trying to copy that man. Like future is the shit. You're not shit. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and I didn't mean to, but I had to put something in front of it. And so I went with super because I like the idea of like a superlative word kind of going in the front of like, it's not just going to be a, the future. It's going to be a better future. And um, super always brings like an attitude to any sort of like um, qualifying thing that it's used in, in a sentence. And it, it always brings like about like betterment or there's something going to be more extreme or powerful or just better in general. And so I kind of liked the sound of that. And then I just happened to come across a song by Dallas K called Super Future. And I think Dallas K is like kind of those like electro guys when that was like all huge in 2013, 14, 15 time frame. And I really liked it. And I'm not big on electro anymore, but I definitely had a phase. And so I was just like, all right, you know, something's something's here. I'm listening to this song, vibing to it. Um, it sounds very uplifting. That's kind of what I want to do with my music. Like it's going to come across as like heavy in your face sometimes, but it's always going to be uplifting and fun. And oh, there goes the ice cream truck. Um, wow, my my brain. No, yeah, my ice cream. Yeah, the super future song definitely I feel like resembles kind of like your tempo switch ups and like the like big like bellowing drops where like it feels like it bottoms out completely. Yeah, there's there's always supposed to be like moments where you realize like I mean to go I, down. Yeah, that I, I always used to use bass nectar as an example, but I'll probably like try to phase that one out. <laughs> like the just but like I can separate the person from his art. The music that I always got from those experiences, like um when I would be like at Electric Forest and someone as big as Bass Nectar had one of those moments where it was just like uh, I don't know what I was doing two minutes ago, and I don't care what I'm doing right now, but like I know where this is going is going to be amazing. And so that's sort of the feeling I want to bring in my sets altogether. I like to try to tell people that it's sort of a ride. Um, it's not going to be all heavy. It's not going to be all chill. It's going to be kind of like you're you're diving in head first into some fun shit, but we're going to take you on a journey just like a roller coaster. You're going to learn something. You're going to feel something. You're going to like hug your your festival buddy you don't even know next to you when you hear this set and it's just going to be like some kind of like really entrenching soulful experience all through bass music and lots of different variety and i always felt like that's what i got from my favorite sets of other people so i wanted to do that for everyone else and that's why there's is a lot of range in what i do and uh it, it you're always supposed to kind of even if it's not explicitly said it might be felt might be seen in my visuals or what i say um, you're going to come out of there feeling hopeful and just like very good about life. The super future. <laughs> wow. Deep, huh? That was good. Yeah, that was deep. <laughs> I get asked. I mean, everybody gets asked about their name all the time, but I've, I've had practice and trying to explain it because it is kind of an odd set of words, which I like it too about it. No. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's super cool. Thank you. Super cool, super future. Oh, yeah. There's puns for days with this one. <laughs> no, yeah. But, like, if you think of names, like, you think of um, what would be, like, um, Dylan Francis. Like, just a normal name like that. You have normal names like that rather than, like, a DJ named, like, Hero Bust. Like, mm -hmm. how do you think of those names, like, on top of your head? And it's there's more. a good story. Yeah, there's more complex ways uh, than you think of how people come up with names. And like you just said, like thinking of the future and mm -hmm. how it expands to like not just like your music, but to people around you. It's a great conversation starter for like things like this, but it also really shows you a lot about like the mission and there might even not be a mission, but that tells you something about the person. Like there's, there's people who are very 
um, what's the word? They're out to do something with their project rather than just exist and kind of make hype, you know? And no, I'm not going to knock anyone who does that because a lot of people who kind of have that outward approach and they make great music. But like, I've kind of thought about this as I got older, like in the long run, I want it to mean something and make an impact. And it has to do more than just sound like something. It's got it. And that's why I'm trying to build like all the other side bits of information around the project and what I'm doing with it. Like, how is it going to be actionable? As I like rounded about like 30 this past year, I just kind of realized that there needs to be something substantial to it. And uh, even like Rekno taught me a lot about that too, just kind of like being around him. And and some people, your mission is like forced on you through adversity. And then some people like don't have a hard life. Like I didn't have a hard life. I don't I don't have any adversity that brings a cause to my my mission. Um and I wanted to just kind of find something that feels truthful to what I do. And it, it's really a, about bringing people like honest help and spiritual guidance and like something like LS dream is killing it at like, I remember when I first found LS dream, I was like, God, I really love Brills, but damn, he's doing exactly what I want to do. <laughs> and I've oh, yeah, he's killed. He's he He like, honestly, it's amazing. Like, went crazy with the mark, like the marketing redirect. It's so <laughs> awesome to like just see, but then to like also really understand it is like, yeah. And it's bringing people a lot of good. Saying. Like I, I use him as a model, but I, I want to be different. And I've talked to Sammy a couple times about it. Just he, he's like very willing to be open about uh, when he has the time, like how he goes about doing that and where he got all the inspiration. And like, uh, I mean. It, it my my dialogue with him started for me just asking for stems to remix one of his songs and he was just so cool about it the whole way through um that uh i really valued him more of a person through the process too but just like seeing how much he does um active actively and he's also built like a community that like perpetuates his activism in giving people spiritual wellness. And I, I've been like talking with those people too, and just kind of like wondering how can I even do that myself? So I'm trying to find like my certain flavor of that. And that's kind of showing itself in the new music I'm writing, I think. Hmm. We, we like it. So we, I guess you figured out how to make the music. Now we're trying to figure out how to convey the message. Yeah. Um, let me take this sit. Hold on. It's a long one. Um, so with the message that I wanted to get across, I kind of mentioned before that like I didn't really have it. Well, one of the reasons I admire Rekno, and I, I promise this comes full circle, um, is that he has his own set of struggles in life that he goes through. And it came about with like just kind of growing up in the 2000, in like 90s and 2000s. And now being, um, you know, a gay man and he was very outwardly gay and you know that has changed that the dialogue in humanity has changed a lot around like being um you know not a good thing and like kind of just like people not understanding it and now it's a huge point of pride hence the name um and he has just gone through so much of life with that being a, a, a tough thing to manage just be like in his relationships with various people that now he's a symbol for people who are just like him, who grew up just like him. Um, and that is inherently just like you being yourself to the utmost degree. And that's actually kind of where I got the name for our tour that we did together. Um, instead of like being the utmost of your potential, like your natural being is um, what I call hypernatural. It's like the step beyond supernatural is kind of a cool word. And what that showed me is that like his fan base is just like so good to him because he is, he, he is just by being himself, being a hero. And I don't really have any kind of reason to be a hero. Like I haven't had the same kind of like adversity, not that it's like crazy adverse anymore for him, but like there has to, you're kind of molded by experiences that, 
um, drive you to do things to like be a symbol or, or a hero for people. And that is what I wanted to try to emanate. And during the last five years, I've gone through kind of like a spiritual awakening. And I know that that's a little bit more of like a topic of conversation right now, because a lot of people in the, in the industry are kind of doing that or talking about that or not. But it came to me through kind of like just taking a good look at the world and wondering why I don't feel like the world is a good place. And there's a lot of people struggling with like the systems in place and it, it, for a, thousands of reasons. And I wanted to find like a new foundation for my belief system because like, you know, I grew up like Christian Catholic. That wasn't helping me. I, you know, went through the school system. That wasn't really helping me. Even I got a degree, but I didn't feel fulfilled. And I wasn't happy about the pharmaceutical company I was doing like engineering work for because I just knew what pharmaceutical companies are doing to the world in their own way. Um, and that's just a few examples of why I wanted to kind of better my understanding about spiritualism, because like the only way to really heal myself I found was through creation or finding ways to be like spiritual in a universal sense, like not in a religious sense, like what is the common thread through all religions? It's a universal understanding of love and being a good person and what that can do if you are like kind of inwardly strong for yourself and other people. And that has been a journey for me that I've been going on that kind of landed me um, a lot of resources. I took meditation courses. I've like talked to speakers on, th on things like this who really um, are very wise speakers on this. I've, you know, experienced heavily with psychedelics and microdose. Um, and I started to realize that I can help people who have no understanding of all of what this can do for you. And I don't want to be like in your face about it. I want to kind of give you that feeling through my music. And the music I was writing as I was coming to that conclusion wasn't necessarily like heart opening music, we'll call it like things that are going to make you feel like you want to learn more about yourself or like the spiritualism that can help guide your life um, in whatever form that may be. And I was just making kind of like hype bass music, which was a lot of fun and it gave me a lot of practice. And I don't think I'll ever stop doing that because that is like a form of like love and fun too. Like whether it's cathartic, you really just got to like headbang it out or you got to just like party. You want to throw your ass around and have a good time. Like that's what me and Rekno do for people. Um, but now I've kind of made this third category that has been something I've, I've really loved to work in for a long time because of um what it can do for your like your spirit and your heart and that is making and making mixes making music um that really drive you to want to be a better like more loving person it, it's like gives you a loving feeling it's sensual it's healing like you can trip to it you can cry to it um and that's what my sunday bass mixes are all about and I just kind of realized, like, my wife and I, we got married last year, and she's always given me, like, that kind of feeling. And I was like, I know I love this kind of music, too. I know I can marry, like, sensual, deep, slow with the sounds and the flavors of bass music. And I was at Wakan Festival, tripping balls, just loving life, because that was such a good festival. And then Liquid Stranger announces Sasquan. And I was like, all right, if there's anything I'm going to manifest in my life, this is going to be one of those things I'm going to, that is it for me. That That's the niche that I need to be a part of. I want to give people like heart opening music that has the flavor of bass music that is free form and open. And just like everyone loves it because it's free form because of what Wakan has already built as a foundation. Like they have a fan base that can learn to appreciate some heart opening beauty and bass. And ever since that moment, I've like kind of set on a path of manifestation, like the same way I manifested how I was going to be playing festivals in a couple of years and getting on electric forest. And that all was purely based in like what I did for my vision and manifestation. Now I want to apply it to getting on labels like Wakan and Sasquan. So I took my time and really started to learn how I could incorporate those heart opening feelings and sounds and sensuality and psychedelic feeling. And then like what, it feels to be spiritual into 
the talent that I have now for bass music. And that's really where I've arrived now. And I think that actually ha having a chance to play it down south, I just played a show in, in, uh, in Austin, uh, like an open air show. And I knew they, they liked what I played last time, but it was all hype music. And I was like, this is going to be kind of different. I'm taking you for a journey. And I know some of you understand, since some of you traveled to be here, that I've been working on something extra special. And uh, I want to let you know that, like, this is where my heart is really at. And people like Liquid Stranger are, are feeling it, too. So do you want to hear this? I just played, like, 75% of my down-tempo album and mixed it right in with, like, the bass-heavy stuff. And it was unbelievable, the reception I got. I don't know, like, it, it felt like one of those moments where everything you've been working for has finally come full circle, and it all completed itself. So now I am at the point where I'm starting to push that style of music and there are people backing it like who are huge names. And I just love that all of that energy that went into kind of figuring out who I am and what I can do for people has finally entrained itself in my music. And it's something that I'm very excited about and I'm finishing up pretty, pretty quickly here and we should know more about when it's getting released and stuff. Uh, very soon and satori the song i did with mize is like a very good window into how that's gonna sound and i'm just really happy with it <laughs> yeah the mize collab is definitely i would say like like a very crisp like addition i feel like of that big bass sound that you and mize both share mm -hmm. it's like that big like blossoming bass sound that like you hear in like, like dissolve and stuff like that blossoming that's a good way to put it. It, it, it that's if i were to tell people like what my album will sound like if they didn't really know me but they heard that song that's pretty much what they can expect like a flower yeah you know that's kind of a cool visual with it too i might have to use that somehow all right well i can uh, i'll tell you where to send the check um but, <laughs> um i'm i'm so glad that actually that austin show like was such a positive experience for you because like i mean as everyone like feels when they see like artists that they care for like except shows right now like everyone's like oh please dear god don't let this be like a complete shit show yeah. and like stuff like uh, that and so like, even, like i had a couple buddies fly there from denver to check it out like i knew the people uh yeah. that like put on the shows at that venue and stuff and like after the show like I was texting the dude from Denver and I was like, how's it going? He's like, oh, it's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I think you know him too. I think you guys yeah, took a photo. Yeah, he's super sick. Um, and then all the people, like three or four of the people that I know that live in Austin, they like posted like either like blank Instagram stories where it was just like super future period or like, holy fuck, <laughs> super future and stuff like that. And I was like, damn, damn. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, I kind of wish I saw that now. Because, like, the well, other clip I saw, I didn't know you did... I knew... I saw your tweet where you said you were going to do... Play more new stuff. But then the only video I saw was, like... Uh, the... Uh, the Flanders flip and... Yep. Uh, the My Song. That was, like, the only, like, videos that I got to see. So I didn't oh, yeah. see the new stuff. But maybe I that's going to be better. Story too. Oh. I, uh, I... You know what? I, I kind of hope that people were just so locked in with their eyes that it was speaking to them because there were people who said that they like were tears kind of welled up when they were hearing what I was doing just because I intentionally like wove it together in such a way where you're like diving deep into something crazy but beautiful and I yeah it's gonna come soon and I don't even know how many people are really prepared for how different it's gonna be and I I have such a belief in the fact that down-tempo music for whatever, you know, form it has, because it's kind of a broad term. Um, the, the last year has really created a need for it because we're all trying to feel something a little bit more than we used to because we were, we were numb to the process of life before COVID hit. And we came to COVID and we're just like, now we're just hurting in general because this is a tough transition and a lot of things are painful through this struggle and so what do you need you like you either need to headbang that shit out or you got to go cry it out and that's where i kind of felt my calling and just knowing that it affected people in that way the first time i played it out live is like 
it's beautiful. I, uh, I, I kind of really see a wave coming of down tempo now that like, you know, I'm happy Wakan is, is really um, trying to push it just as much as they would do like their heavy stuff. They know that life is very much yin and yang and you have to have the feminine and the masculine. And then who came up next with that sort of style? Deadbeats just put out a label and a whole like a whole new thing, uh, altered states with down tempo because there's just so much bass now that it, we need the, the the response to the calling of like what was originally only bass has to have like the female energy, something good and like really you can s submerge yourself into. And everybody knows that feeling of like they just put on a mix, maybe they get high or they go just like hang out with someone special or go take a drive and just really immerse yourself in nature. Like Charles the First is really good for this too. I love to just go trip and hike to his music. Um, there's, we all know that we love it, but it hasn't really been brought to the the precipice because it doesn't necessarily sell tickets right now. But I think we're gonna see something really cool come when the shows come back online. Is that you get a like a sense of both. Yeah, I I, I feel like it's definitely coming. Like we see people like Closey, like yeah. Like hat, like getting super big, like internationally. Yeah, um, people and need like that. Closey to me is like she's great. Perfect example of like what down tempo music mixed with bass like influences like can sound like in like an immersive state. Yeah, and I like, I will I promise you're gonna see some bass artists do the same thing. Like Chloe is is a really good example of a good person who can help bring that about too. And I am. Like I'm gonna brag here, but I sent it to her because she's been, you know, trying to play some of my stuff too. And she was like, "I have, to, I had to listen to it twice." <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit!" Just knowing the people like that who are also tastemakers in that realm who can do both very well, I I feel like the wave is coming, and I think everyone's ready to feel it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that they're pushing like down tempo more often than yeah. usual because in the like before 20 maybe 19 especially last year i wasn't really thinking about down tempo relaxing music like mm -hmm. i was almost like getting into the pinnacle of edm i guess or, yeah and then this last year joining electric hawk and then during this final harmony music festival i listened to DMVU's down tempo set and exist so strategies down tempo set and they were like the most relaxing things I've ever needed for my mind and <laughs> I feel like my mind just like grew four times yeah it sends you to a place where you can sort of just open up your mind and your heart and that's the only good thing that like hype EDM music is missing but there's a place for both. That's the coolest part about it. And I think that when people start to show that they have variety like that, um, you know, some people wouldn't be too remiss to say that, like, we've saturated ourselves with bass and, and EDM, like, so much so to the point where, like, all right, we're ready for something different. And 2020 gave everybody a reset. And it just kind of reset the clock in a way like, you know, the cycle of music is always changing. Like eventually EDM will phase out to some degree too and have its own place in the world. But like we just got a whole ass reset. So we have like a whole nother 10 years of experiencing whatever is coming out of this like renaissance of creation that we're going through right now. And yeah, I think that down tempo is a cornerstone of that. Mm hmm. Um, I do want to talk about though before, like, mm -hmm. let's throw it back a couple of years. What's up? Um, you were on the Vertebraker tour with Hero Bust. You were on tour with Kill the Noise, Ray Volpe. Um, how was that going back then? And then, so like, I, I wasn't. Oh, okay. So truthfully, I was not on tour with them, but I was like their direct support in uh, one or two places over like regionally and i was based in grand rapids at that point so it would be like detroit grand rapids potentially another stop in the midwest um and what that was about was really me trying yeah you know i definitely catered to the bass heavy stuff but you know i would never play not ever once like even in my earliest days even in like bars and clubs 
I would never once play a whole set of something that's all hype music. I definitely always had moments where it would just drop out. People had a second to breathe. And the roller coaster comes to the bottom. And then it starts to lift up again for the second huge drop. Because I I have... Ever since those those days too, like my, my philosophy is always like dynamic sets are always better because you can't feel how heavy the impactful and the highs are always higher if the lows are lower. It's like such is life, right? Um and that has been kind of my my like yin and yang approach to every set I've ever played. Like I would have moments where like the lights kind of come down something really pretty builds up into something really fucking huge and crescendos and probably into like a bass song that everyone loves. And you really feel the bass song at the end of that crescendo more than you would if it just came out of another fucking like bass edit of a rap song, which no, I yeah, also make those too. That's so, what me and my, me and my like best friend that I live with, we call that meaningless dubstep. Yeah, and it's like when you're just in the crowd and you just are like you just feel like you're like a robot and like they you're just expected to just be like constantly headbanging and you're like I'm a person like I have muscles <laughs> that get tired like yeah. I need to chill like right sure. and like I need I need some chill and then he puts on like mamba and like yeah you have to start dancing faster so but, like that's that's just always a place for that i love that music and i respect how good those guys are at it but like you ever been at a set and you're like i wonder what's gonna be on after this because it's just like all right like i can't do tear out for 30 minutes um that feeling just kind of like i always felt that from the beginning even at like a skrillex show but then he would always bring it to something beautiful like he would play that uh, promises or something yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it always has those moments where it just sounds pretty for a bit and it slaps you with some good shit there's i think that's the best way to go about creating a set but there's a lot of there's a lot of ways that people are you know being creative to make sets now and um there's no right or wrong way to do it but i would i want to keep people locked in right um for for the whole ride the pretty the heavy and that's kind of what you can expect when you see me play. You're not going to be there for just watching a screen and somebody jump around. You're going to be like immersed in something adventurous. Yeah. Um, like you said with Skrillex before, now he changes it up. I mean, he, along with many other artists, have different aliases. I mean, he has Dog Blood, Good point. Um, Jack U, um, and his band that he plays with. So he's he's like multifaceted he has uh, yeah. many tools of the trade um it's true but he understands still in all of those circumstances that like you know you kind of have to make it have some variety and yeah what i'm glad you brought up aliases because nowadays when people are realizing that they have a kind of ideas in different sort of song types um, I've been asked a lot from other people bigger than me too, who are wanting to try something different and, um, a message to anybody who's trying to create anything musically or not. If you start from the beginning and show people that you're a project that offers variety, your fans will be able to expect that the whole way. If you're somebody who has gone about the entire route making just like Deep House or just Dubstep, your getter, case in point, people are not going to be ready for that. So you kind of have to decide like how to condition your fans, whether it's just talking them through a transition you're going through um, or just tell them like, you know what, like I am putting my heart out there now. I'm going to make down tempo music. Maybe someone like me goes like, all right, I have like a house EP that I want to put out. Um, I'm going to get you guys in the know about what it's sounding like long before I release it. Because if you surprise people with something different, that's the only reason that I would say it doesn't work. And you might want to think of like a side project, but you don't have to make a side project if you tell your fans what's going on and show them that you can do everything, condition them to feel a certain way, like proud of you for trying different things instead of being like, guess what? Here's a techno album. You're going to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 
that's totally relatable actually because there are so many artists that do like the multi-genre releases um as i said before like with the name thing dylan francis he doesn't release mumbatan he releases like trap and some house now. house now like i love biz mumbatan i hope mumbatan comes back <laughs> oh me too mumbatan <laughs> was like the good with some the, da- the dance, the real dance. That... Even Zomboy killed it. Yeah. With some Mumaton. Man. Yeah. I miss those days too. But they could come back. I mean, they could. It's 2021, so you never know. And mm-hmm. with festival season coming up, you never know like what artist has like underneath their sleeve. Yeah, dude. Some people just kind of overthink it too much by the, the whole like uh should i try a different alias but anyway that was my two cents oh yeah yeah that's I think understandable. also like the other the other idea is some people like want to keep it separate like just personally like i think that's probably like how i'm not sure but like peekaboo made a new alias recently yeah um like and i think it's because like it, it he feels like it is so different than what he like usually does that he wants it to be separate mm-hmm but if you learn how to do, like, if you become a magician with how you bring people through your sets and just try a little harder to make it, like, a journey, everybody can do it. If I can do it, everyone else can do it. Matt's a good DJ, though. He, uh, I heard when I saw him play at Wakan, I was really happy to see that he threw in, like, that Church's remix, too. And it just, like, that was a oh, moment. Oh, yeah. That was a moment. And people liked it. But, you know, to each their own. So, um, all right. So, Mr. Future, you've been so great and so responsive to everything. I'm going to have to hit you with some fast paced uh, questions. Um, So, this first one will relate it to Battle Con. So, is there anything that we should be hopeful or expecting between you and Sasquan? Yes. So, there has already been something, and that opened up a little bit of new new doors for me there uh satori um really did me a lot of good and i was kind of like that was all part of my plan to sort of get in their in their ears and now that i've waited for the right opportunity to share all of my demos on, on like the stuff that i have similar to satori they're receptive and more will come on that very soon awesome i'm yeah. very glad to hear that yeah, and not just that, because I have always wanted to be a Wakan artist, and so I've always been making something I intended to send them, and uh, there will, you know, more will come on that as well. Awesome. Glad yeah. to hear. We will be awaiting this grand news. Yeah. Um, so, next question. What was the experience working on Christmas? Was it stressful? Was it awesome? What do you think? You know, I'm from Detroit and like Grant went even to the same college as I did and like walked the same halls. I've been in the same radio station as he's like used to have. So I feel like I've known him from a long time. Like he I think I can't remember if he's older or younger than me, but like we were around at Michigan State at the same time, both from the Detroit area. So I've known about Christmas and have loved my time at other Christmas events for a few years. And I just kept looking at that stage and I was like, I'm going to be there one day. However, the universe is tricky and it's like, okay, we're going to give you this opportunity. Grant wants you to be on this remix. Grant wants you to be on this show, this Christmas show, but it's going to be the streamed edition. And uh, honestly, that was better for me because instead of just 1,000 people or however many can fit in the Masonic Temple in Detroit, I had like eight or 9,000 people watching me and they were like, who the hell is this motherfucker? And so it was just good because I, had, I, I know a lot of this came from working with Rekno, but in turn, like a lot of what Rekno is going through right now has come from me being like the, the, the lead on the music that we'd made together. So Rekno and I have been like dealing out opportunities to each other to be like cross-connected left and right. And so it all spurred from that. And I'm just happy that Grizz kind of felt what I was putting out there because we're both Detroiters. It's been like a dream of mine to be performing at Grizzmas. 
I got an even better platform on Grismas this year, and I really crushed that set, I think, because I actually yeah, had did. moments where they were down-tempo. It really sort of took time to breathe, and I only had 30 minutes. That was the hardest part, but um, I, you know, I only got to play probably like one quarter of all like the stuff I wanted to show people that was original stuff, which is still kind of on the way, but everything that I can attribute to that had come through the benevolence of my good friend, Brandon Rekno. And um, I think what spurred that was the remix. So I'm, I'm just proud of not low and myself, like not low is a good friend of mine too. We're all homies. Um, and yeah, I just she... saw not low and Rekno a couple weeks ago. <sighs> I wish I was at Denver for that one. I almost came. Um, <laughs> Me I had too. to save my money for Miami and Texas, though. But I will be back in Denver for sure. But like everything that happened with the Medusa remixes was kind of a product of like. I know that Grant looked to Brandon for a couple of remixers, and the pitch kind of came about like under the format of like. How do these people support the LGBTQ community? Because that Medusa song is an anthem for that people and will be forever, which is so fucking cool. Um, it's just like a pride anthem through and through. And I kind of phrased it like when Brandon asked me, like, what can I send to Grant? You know, that would be like, make you a, a good candidate for this. Because he knows who you are, but he wants to pick people who this would really be like resonating with them. And I was like, Brandon, if I learned anything from being on tour with you, it is that the LGBT community is like one of the coolest communities out there as their own part of bass music and not just in music in general. Like they're the people and the flavor and this like lust for life that they have just by being themselves and feeling now it like it's totally open and okay to be themselves to the utmost degree makes the LGBTQ plus i don't remember how many there are now but like they they're such great people and they will really show you their like their realness and that showed me the value of that community as just like in the human species and um i wanted to be able to have like an opportunity to put my mark on that and just have my own spin on medusa because it's a great song in general but the funny thing is like medusa sounded a lot like the music i was putting out at the time so i was like wait okay now i have an opportunity to remix it i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do because like it to me it sounds a little bit like that signal song that brandon and i made um and it's like twerk and bass and that's something that we really like do well with together but grant had his own like funky trappy spin on it and i'm like man if i wrote medusa it would probably sound a lot like that so what can i do if i remix it and so I kind of looked for, to inspiration for, uh, like I looked at, I was listening to like Biggie and Dre, and then I was listening to like some Peekaboo, and I was like, what if people tried to mix that together? And Medusa Remix came in, got linked up to do Grismas. Grant really liked it, um, and then that was just a huge moment for me as far as my, like visibility in my career that I am extremely thankful for and i just know that people now see that all of my mixes are like that that was just the first time that they got to see it on a big platform so you only get like two or three of those in your artist career to really capitalize on and i was going to make sure i capitalized the shit out of that i think you did thank mm -hmm. you long-winded yeah. response but yeah it was a big moment man I mean, is it's a big deal, I think, especially knowing that you were from Michigan and like people in Michigan in the EDM community, like they know about Grismas. Like I just yeah. I didn't I knew about it like a couple years ago, but like I'd learned uh the one that just passed, I learned how how it's been going on for like over like mm -hmm. five years or something, like almost ten years, right? Or something like that. It's a staple of winter in Detroit now, which is yeah. absolutely huge for like just EDM in general. Because it creates a lot of um hype fun love and then charity at the at the end of the day yeah it's like everything that you're about and what everyone should be about completely i love grant for how he's doing it too man good people oh yeah mm -hmm. we, we're in rapid fire around aren't we i forgot oh um, yeah 
Oh, I can ask this next question. Um, what is your biggest inspiration outside of the music world? Wow. It's always about the music side. So this is a fun question. <laughs> My biggest inspiration, I have to say, and you know, I don't care how cliche this sounds, but man, I have been really lifted up by my wife Ellie in so many ways because she kind of helped me go down the spiritual uh like path like universal love psychedelics all the fun things that make me like a sensual human as much as I am kind of like a crazy fun human um we got married last year in like one of the coolest ways and I she's my life partner through and through so my wife really brings a lot actually some some of the music I have in my Sunday basis is straight off her Spotify playlist. So like literally and figuratively, like she is what makes me like keep going every day because she's a good reminder of like what the spiritual path can bring you. And I love her to death. We got shout that out super Bay. Yeah. yeah super bay. Shout <laughs> out to met. all the super bays. So, yeah. If you are someone holding up a producer, I give you a lot of credit because there is a lot of times producers won't talk about crying about how hard the lifestyle is. And uh, they're there to just catch all that. And if you don't have a super bay, get you a super bay because I can only say that it's been helpful to me. Even if it's not a girlfriend, if it's just like someone like your best sure. friend, your mom, sure. someone true. underneath the bridge. Like literally yeah. you just tell anybody what what's going on. Like, it's it's your health. You gotta say something. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Um. Well, I won't go back to music because I was thinking of this question. Since yeah, like of course. One of um, actually no, not really my favorite artist, but like one of the artists I've been following recently. DMX is in the hospital right now. I was thinking, like, how would DMX flow into like the electronic music world? I was thinking, like, <laughs> what do you think? Would be like a dream collaboration between like someone outside of EDM mixing with someone inside of EDM. It doesn't have to be like with me, does it? Oh no. Oh, good question. Um, that's funny you bring up DMX too because I'm trying to do like a a, a flip of one of his songs with Smokeland, but um, mm. that's still in the works. Anyway, um, a dream collaboration I could observe secondhand from someone outside of edm with someone inside of edm oh my god uh i've thought about this before i thought res and nine inch nails would be like one of the coolest things ever I think there especially is a mashup of closer with uh edge yeah but that's there is but i feel like they need to get in the studio like an original thing yeah hell yeah I, that's always been one of mine that was at the top of the list um I know I've had more, but that's the first one that come to my mind. I think that'd be fucking crazy. I was like thinking some DMX with like Liquid Stranger or something. <laughs> that Yo, be... that'd be fucking cool. What about you, Tony? Yeah. Um, mine already kind of happened, honestly, but like not completely. I always really liked Blink One Eighty Two, and I always thought like. Elenium and Blink-182 could make something like super banging and then he actually made a song with the lead singer Tom. so yeah with Tom so it's not like a full collab you know like I feel like it would be different but like it still is about like what I could have asked for I still really like it and it like sounds a, what I would imagine it to kind of sound like I bet that'd be good I feel like when I when I was thinking of like who I would pick as the EDM side I would be like Elenium was one of the first people that came to my mind naturally because uh, he can do a lot. He and just he can he's just a big bridge off. for a bunch of people. Oh, how like okay? How about this one? So I don't know if you've caught this one yet, but uh, Rekno and I are working with uh, Dev. Yes, I heard artist. it. Oh, I already heard it. It's so good. <laughs> the final <laughs> version that I mastered is so good, and it is like it's more of like hip hop and rap kind of together wait nope that's hip-hop and trap kind of hip-hop and <laughs> hip-hop wait hip-hop and pop so like she's a pop artist she didn't make it poppy but her voice just emanates that and Rekno fits in that lane like it's butter like he, he could uh -huh. he's gonna be a pop star one day i i guarantee that and 
I think that collaboration and the fact that Dev was just like into kind of the beat that I was writing, there will likely be more of that. So um, that sort of cross blending of genres or blending of genres is something that I think more people should do like pop coming into trap music and pop coming into like less like not always. It doesn't always have to be like house because it's all like pop people always go to house music which i love but they could you know there's so many more like options when it comes to trap music and like freeform bass man i think that's kind of like the like also for the people that are confused right now dev is the vocalist from like a g6 and bass down low thank you yes um but her voice like i mean the both those songs are like her like poppy like voice that you would think like could fit on like a taylor swift type beat is like Mm -hmm. in the background with like some like uh oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name uh who made gas pedal oh saves the gemini like all of those they all sound like they have like similar beats and yeah but then you have like this like poppy female voice over it Yep, correct. And it, it really adds a lot to it as well. I think like MIA is always cool for, for that style too, and she experiments as well. Um Yeah, I, I like that kind of crossover too. And all the ideas thrown out here sound pretty solid. Like there's probably some that we'll never think of in like a thousand years that happened and I can't wait for that. It's funny to see how like bass and trap and house have really like EDM and future bass for sure, like propagated into like the pop world. And actually, you know, what I have to mention this, and I didn't mention it earlier that like I've, you know, future in my name came also from making future bass. That was my first whole like big launching point when I figured out how to like produce well enough to like put out music. I was like all about future bass. And you can kind of hear that in the free form and stuff that I make. Like I'll always use, um, melodic elements and i'm always trying to find out how to make them fit with bass music and in new ways so another tidbit full circle oh it wasn't f- so super future didn't come from super saws you swear i swear <laughs> well there's super saws in in future bass sometimes too they just have a little bit more of a you know processed sound but the super saws of electro is probably what brought me into the, the scene in the first place those good old days. Yeah. The golden I mean, years. Yeah. Uh-huh. The golden years. 2014. Yep. 2012, 2014, 2015. Oh, yeah. Lots yeah. of hardwell and big saws and electro and. Alesso. You know the drill. Oh, yeah. Him too. All right. Next rapid fire question Who would win in a fight between Harry Potter or a Jedi Knight? And. In the first two seconds of thinking about this, I was like, for sure, Jedi. Wait, for sure, Harry. Wait. Uh, <laughs> probably a Jedi. That's what I think. Because I think that they can kind of like feel out the force and catch like get like a hint of whatever Harry is going to throw their way, especially because he like says it out loud before it happens. But I don't know, man. He could talk a big snake into eating a Jedi in like no time. So that is true. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't think about the snakes. Uh he's got a lot of talents that like, and plus he could like die and come back to life. But I guess the Force ghosts can too. There's a lot of like. Oh, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah, no. <laughs> there's a lot of like subtleties to this question. What do you guys think though? Oh, oh. Well, obviously Jedi because more emotional. Like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Jedi. They're also a lot cooler than wizards, but like probably a little older too. Yeah, wizards can pull out some magic tricks out of like their ass and like do some (laughs) crazy shit. But I feel like Jedi's are so much cooler because they got freaking laser sword and Mm -hmm. chop off chop off your arms and. Just move things with their <laughs> move things literally with their mind. mind. Yeah. Harry has an owl. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Not anymore. If you saw the uh, whole series. Oh, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. But, you he know. It's two owls. <laughs> two owls. Yeah, well, that'd be, that'd be a baby. Now. What if Jedis don't really have animals, do they? 
disadvantage for sure. Um, Obi Wan rode that like big, that like big like slobbery looking thing in the third episode. Yeah, there's there's a few like animals that come out of the blue. Like I guess their just... animals are the droids, though. So like, would Hedwig beat up R two D two? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, no, not a chance. R two D two's a tank. Maybe C three like main character. C three PO could get his ass beat by anything. Yeah, like yeah, okay. his own shadow. Yeah. Poor guy. Just made to help people. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gets his memory wiped. Yeah. Yeah. Don't want to be C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Well, say more rapids? Uh, um, Not a rapid, but probably the final question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Final boss. All right. So it's kind of got two parts. Um, but also kind of not. So the first part is, when was the first time you thought to yourself, like, oh, like, this is what I was supposed to be doing. Like, this is what, like, I want to do. And you're like, like, I'm getting to do it. Like, basically, fuck, I made it. Um, there's a lot of, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't necessarily, like, put all my stock in, like, astrological charts or, like, birth charts or anything, but, like, Whenever somebody seems to read like what I'm like about my life and really do the comprehensive ones, they're always like, you're doing something very important. Keep doing it creatively. And I'm like, okay, uh, sure. But really, it kind of came to me as like something I need to do when I realized that there were people who um, would just DM me or hit me up after a show and be like, this just, you know, this person was going through something like my friend is some going through some shit like really hard times and they came to an edm show and it was yours and it was the first one and they were like i that like turned their life around or something like that and i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of artists get something like that but like i really put a lot of like uh sentiment and you know, really willpower and heart into my version of the music industry and what I do. And when I know that, like, knowingly I'm putting that in and then people are getting that out of it, I kind of feel like I'm doing, like, some good work for the universe, you know, just putting, like, extremely good energy into the world. I would say doing God's work because it's an expression, but, like, it's not quite that exactly. I'm just trying to make people feel something great. And... um Hopefully it inspires them to do, you know, be a good person and just love everyone that they know a little more and walk away with wanting to come back. So once I started getting affirmations of that sort of thing happening, I was pretty sure that I needed to do this for like the good of humanity in some way. That sounds a little bit full of myself, but like I I promise you the people have said these things to me. And then if you kind of like bring back the whole astrological chart thing and like doing important work and everything and like, I don't know, it, it feels like it's it's cosmic in a way, but um, I, I try not to like feel like destiny or whatever. It's just as long as I know people are getting something amazing out of what I'm doing, it's important to me. Yeah, I mean, it feels my soul back up too. Yeah, I mean, if you feel like it really belongs to you, it belongs to you. For if sure. You want, if you if you feel that energy, that like that that's what you need to do. Then honestly, that's what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, it's very um, affirming. Yeah. Uh, the second part to the question, though. Um, mm-hmm. So, with everything recently going back to opening up later this year, we're going to see more festivals open up. We're going to see more shows in the fall, maybe winter. Where do you see yourself in the grand scope of things uh, going into the rest of this year and 2022? That's a great question. Um, You're going to get a lot of wild responses for this one. (laughs) But um, just in terms of like other people you interview, I'm sure it's a good like one of the better questions because everyone wants to know, right? Nobody really knows where, in general, things are heading because there's so much happening right now. But um, I can say that 
I have been trying to avoid playing indoor things where it puts people a little bit more at risk. And so I will keep doing that until it's like generally like the, the needle, the compass needle has pointed to like, all right, this is generally safe again. Um, and I'm doing outdoor shows pretty much exclusively. And those are starting to come back online too, because it's warmer. And now the festivals are starting to get to are starting to get announced. So in my mind, a lot of the festivals are just repeating the rollover of their last year. So I didn't anticipate to get on as many festivals as I would would be in a new year with like a new agency. But I do have a really good agent now, a couple of them. Um, They've started to see what I'm working on and what I'm building. I have some co-signings from some big labels and some interest generally in what I'm doing. And now really what it comes down to, my favorite part is the community who is willing to share what I do with other people because they like to be part of that community. My superhumans. That's what I got going on um, in my fan base. And so when people see that, that's like the just the demonstrated uh, signs of like this person is building something that's not just them getting on lineups. They're building something where they're force in their own community, like the LS streamers, like the Wakan family and a lot of other groups that you might see out there. So my anticipation is that now that people are starting to see this, I'm going to be gearing myself up to be support acts on a lot of tours for major artists. And hopefully they're in the Wakan circles because that's where I feel like my like artist family is. And um, it's looking like that's possibility, but we're still waiting to see what even gets rolled out this year. And if I'm going to be on festivals, it's going to be like later in the year festivals or next year and um, probably tours in the same time period. So once things are just looking better, it'll probably happen very fast, putting together tours. And I hope I'm aligned with artists that I'm really into. I don't want to be headlining it necessarily in all the places I can because it's possible I can, but I want to be supporting acts that are going to help me get seen because of how big their circles are. And then that's more exposure for me. And that's probably how this year is going to shake out for a lot of people in in my like bracket, we'll call it. I don't even know where that bracket ends and starts, but um, I'm going to be trying to like build find my sound a little bit more and then become like someone who wants to do some headlining cool stuff next year. I think. Yeah. All right. Well, I will keep the browser open. So I don't <laughs> miss out on tickets. If I, you know, if it goes a different way and I end up getting like a lot of hype around me and I start headlining this year, I will take that. But like, I'm being realistic about like how things are going in the world and how things are shaping up in the in the business. So that's pretty much my outlook. I'm happy to see things are opening back up, man. Like people are getting more vaccinated in general. That means just like the attitude, whether or not you're like for or against it, things are moving in the right direction for a lot of economy and the music industry. And I only just I just care about our stages, man. I want to keep those things alive. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. will be a lot of other stages that that come out like a lot of people who did streaming and everything are starting their own companies and they're going to be like new faces taking on roles that are going to help keep our industry alive. And the old ones may come back or they might not, but it's just going to be a nice resurgence of like fresh people. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm ready for the future. For sure. What's going to come to the super future. The The future's looking super boys. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All I right, Mr. Is. Future, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we skipped over or any parting words? Parting words? Um, I just watched one of my favorite like energy intuitive people, people who speak on kind of what they get and gather spiritually. And the common message that I'm seeing from all of them that I really love is that If you don't know what to do right now, even if you're not a musician, an artist, or anybody who, or someone who sees themselves like that, creating anything, creativity in any capacity right now is what's going to get us through this time. No matter what you believe in, humans are meant to create, and that is what's going to help us heal, 
get through this faster, bring the renaissance of new art. You can't argue with that healing through creation. And that's going to help you people who love what you do as an artist, whether or not you are one, but the creativity is going to be good for you as a person and your community and the world. So if you don't know what to do right now, try creating, bring that art, baby. Well oh, yeah. said. Thank you. Thank mm. you. That's I, been like I, I was, a common theme I've been hearing a lot in my spiritual circles. So I hope that helps. It does. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, this has been super informative. I feel like I've learned a lot. Thanks. And John, did you have anything else to say? Um, nothing really. I thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. No problem, guys. Electric Hawk is near and dear to my heart. It's been for a long time, and I just love that. Starting with Daryl, everyone was believing in me from that from that point I was at whenever they found me, and they've helped so many people succeed. And I just love all the people who are joining in his mission. That's you guys. That's everybody who's been an Electric Hawk follower, and I just love your community. And actually, I might as well part with these words, but your boy is hosting a uh, a bicycle day stream, a night flight with a whole slew of good artists coming up. So look out for that. Let's fucking go. <laughs> that's, that's what I was, that's what I was fishing for earlier. And you cool. left it out. I was like, damn, I'm going to have to announce it. I, I like to just like, I go on so many tangents, man. <laughs> it's all good, dude. That's what, that's what this is for. Yeah, just speak podcast. Podcast. we'll say we're a tangential zone. Yeah, like that. Tang- yeah, however, G Jones, whatever. <laughs> Laughs in G Jones. <laughs> <laughs> however, that would sound. But thank you, boys. This has been great. Yeah, Happy thanks, you made it happen. Yeah, thank you. And scene. <laughs>